The CDC recently tweeted that the number of patients needing treatment for blood clots is projected to double by 2050. Why would so many people have blood clots? The CDC didn't come right out with the answer to that question, and I know a lot of you guys are thinking of blood clots caused by bad reactions to new pharmaceuticals. Interestingly, the CDC in this new memo pushing a web series on anticoagulants did note that anticoagulants are, quote, the leading class of medications associated with emergency department visits for adverse medication effects for more than a decade. That means that pharmaceuticals have been causing a lot of blood clots for many years now, and that's going to continue. But there is something else that is huge that no one's talking about, and I believe is the reason why the CDC is so confident that immense numbers of people will have uh, venous thromboembolisms, or VTEs, as the CDC calls them. That's a fancy term for blood clot. VTEs, or blood clots, include deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolisms. These are all aspects of heart disease or cardiovascular disease, which, by the way, is the number one killer of Americans. How is that number one killer of Americans going to absolutely catapult in death toll this century the same way that it did last century through what you eat. Now I'm going to take you into the twisted history of propaganda surrounding food and how Americans have been brainwashed into poisoning themselves to death. Before we get into it, shout out to the sponsor of my coverage, which is Noble Gold. Hey, did you know that silver prices are low right now because investors are selling their holdings because of a turndown in demand? Once fears subside, though, we could see a surge in demand for silver as consumers come back. A perfect time to get your silver IRA started is right now. And this month, you'll get an incredible free three-ounce silver American Virtue coin with a qualifying IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold. Call the team now, 877-646-5347, to find out more or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Buy the dip, you guys. All right, what I'm about to tell you is vitally important to understand as we look at the big new push to stop eating meat. If animal products cause heart disease, why did so few people die of heart disease before the anti-meat, anti-dairy push began? Let's rewind. Frigidaire refrigerators recently celebrated 100 years in business. They took a look back at the typical contents of the first refrigerators in 1918. They contained a bottle of whole raw milk, eggs, lard, cream, churned butter, homemade lemonade, homemade cottage cheese, apple butter, homemade jelly, and fresh meat. Today's fridge might include a gallon of reduced-fat, ultra-pasteurized and homogenized milk, eggs, fat-free margarine, flavored non-dairy creamer, sugary or even fake sugar sports drinks, squeezable yogurts, colored ketchup, bagged salad, ice cream, and frozen dinners. A hundred years ago, Americans ate whole real foods that included lots of animal fats. Today, they eat processed foods and animal fats have largely disappeared. The basic advice we've heard our whole lives is that saturated fats in foods like butter, beef, pork, and cheese are bad for you. The attack on animal fats began with the accusation that they caused heart disease. Those saturated fats will clog your arteries, cause heart disease, heart attacks, and death, they said. But get this. In the U.S. from the 1920s to the 1960s, 
heart disease skyrocketed while animal fat consumption dropped just as drastically. That doesn't make sense, does it? See, a century ago, before animal fats were demonized, people ate a lot of them and heart attacks were rare. The Baptist Ladies Cookbook of 1895 featured rib roast cooked in beef drippings, chicken with the skins and cream and drippings gravy on top, and vegetable recipes were cooked with heavy cream and fried in lard. Arguments that heart disease is more common because Americans are eating more animal fats don't add up. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, in 1909, people were eating an average 18 grams of butter per day and just 2 grams of vegetable oil. By 1985, people were eating 32 grams of vegetable oil per day and just 5 grams of butter. As you'll learn, certain plant oils are extremely bad for you, so how did the propaganda pushing you to consume them begin? Let's go to 1911. Two guys named Procter and Gamble, makers of soap and candles, invented Crisco. They had figured out how to save money on candle making by getting rid of the lard in candles and swapping in cheaper cottonseed oil subjected to a chemical process called partial hydrogenation. With the advent of electricity, fewer people were using candles, so why not convince consumers to cook and eat their product instead? That partially hydrogenated candle ingredient then became Crisco, a vegetable alternative to butter and lard. But what would this uh, chemically altered plant fake butter actually do to people's health? It's interesting to note that heart disease rates started to climb at the same time as its introduction. When the first scientists theorized in the early 20th century that cholesterol may contribute to heart disease, the same Procter & Gamble capitalized on a marketing opportunity to push their animal-free product as healthier. They also donated $2 million to the American Heart Association in 1948 to push anti-meat, anti-animal fat agenda. That funding put American Heart Association on the map and it worked like a charm for Procter & Gamble. A few years later, the AHA officially revised its recommendations telling people to reduce animal fat consumption and increase plant-based oil consumption. Fewer people indeed consumed animal fats after that, so why was heart disease beginning to skyrocket? As early as 1936, doctors Land and Sperry at Harvard University studied people who died suddenly. They looked at their cholesterol levels and compared it to the levels in their clogged arteries. They found no correlation. There were people with clogged arteries and low cholesterol, and there were people with healthy arteries and high cholesterol. But money talks, so the American Heart Association ran with Procter & Gamble's agenda, pumped out press releases to the media, and the media blindly parroted what they were told to naive audiences everywhere. Ever so slowly in recent years, though, people have been catching on to the science that shows cholesterol levels don't do much to predict heart disease. Every fat and oil is a combination of saturated, monounsaturated, and polyunsaturated fatty acids. In general, animal fats like butter contain 40 to 60% saturated fat and are solid at room temperature. 
Vegetable oils from temperate or northern climates contain mostly essential polyunsaturated fatty acids and are liquid at room temperature, but vegetable oils from the tropics are highly saturated. Coconut oil, for example, is 92% saturated. Tropical vegetable oils are liquid at warmer temperatures and harden in cooler temperatures. Why would a processed plant fat be harmful for you? Things make sense when you look at the molecular makeup of these fats. A saturated fatty acid consists of a hydrocarbon chain that has two hydrogen atoms attached to each carbon atom. They call it saturated because every carbon is loaded with two hydrogens. It's a compact molecule that causes this fat to be solid at room temperature. Animal fats like butter and tropical oils like coconut oil are high in these saturated fatty acid hydrocarbon chains. So a monounsaturated fatty acid looks similar. The only difference is that two hydrogen atoms are missing from the chain. The two carbons that are left with only one hydrogen then form a double bond with each other. This creates a bend in the hydrocarbon chain. It's harder for this molecule to solidify. It is liquid at room temperature and congeals and gets a little more solid under refrigeration. Foods high in monounsaturated fatty acids include olive oil, cashews, almonds, and avocados. Now we go to polyunsaturated fatty acids. They have two or more of these double bonds. They're missing four or more hydrogen atoms. Multiple kinks in the chain cause them to be the least stable fatty acid. They are liquid even under refrigeration. These include things like corn oil, cottonseed oil, flax oil, and canola oil. These oils can go rancid easily when subjected to heat the hydrogen atoms sticking out at different angles easily break off. These hydrogens floating solo are known as free radicals, you guys. Polyunsaturated oils are considered rancid when they contain a lot of those free radicals that have broken off and are flying around and wreaking havoc on your body once you eat them. Free radicals can damage cells and contribute to the progression of cancer, cardiovascular disease, and aging. So many scientists believe that oxidized cholesterol is the real villain in heart disease. It appears to initiate the process of plaque buildup in the arteries and a main cause of cholesterol oxidization in the bloodstream is highly reactive free radicals from industrial seed oils. The plot thickens. American Heart Association literature doesn't mention this. This misleading information about saturated fats has been perpetuated by hand-picked flawed studies and with the help of marketing from the likes of American Heart Association funded by interest groups like the vegetable seed oil industry. One such flawed study was cited often in the late 1990s to justify the avoidance of red meat and butter fat in the study. A high-fat 900-calorie breakfast was served to one group while a fat-free 900-calorie breakfast was served to the other group. According to the study, the high-fat group came out with lower blood pressure, stable good cholesterol, and low bad cholesterol. Those who ate the fat-free breakfast came out with higher blood pressure, higher blood glucose, and lower good and bad cholesterol. That data would imply that the fatty meal was better for you than the fat-free meal, but here's the nugget from the study that the anti-fat movement glommed onto. 
when subjected to stress, the arteries of the people who had just eaten the fatty meal dilated less than the arteries of the fat-free group. People like the author of the South Beach Diet used the research to say that you are more likely to have a heart attack after eating a meal of saturated fats because your arteries are more likely to constrict. Now let's look at what was actually in those two 900 calorie meals. The fatty meal consisted of an egg McMuffin, a sausage McMuffin, two hash brown patties, and a non-caffeinated beverage. The fat-free meal consisted of frosted flakes, skim milk, and orange juice. Only about a third of the fat in the first meal is saturated. The rest is a combination of trans, poly, and monounsaturated fats, rancid ones. And it had MSG, an inflammatory additive. Those all are likely contributors to the artery's decreased ability to dilate. While the fat-free meal was loaded with sugar and devoid of nutrients, it had something going for it, no rancid fats, with their telltale free radicals and no toxic MSG. If researchers really wanted to study the effects of saturated fat, the study should have compared two identical meals and simply added a high dose of saturated fat, such as coconut oil, to one of them. Nevertheless, the junk science got to the press and convinced many of the dangers of saturated fats. A study in the British Medical Journal took heart attack survivors and broke them into three groups. This study got a lot less press, and maybe we'll see why. The first group was told to eat corn oil. The second was told to eat olive oil. And the third was told to eat saturated animal fats. At the end of two years, only 52% of the corn oil group was still alive and hadn't had a second heart attack. The olive oil group fared a little better with 57% survival in the saturated fat, animal fat group. They had 75% survival of its members still alive with no heart attacks. So the people eating saturated animal fats were the most successful. Uh, That study goes completely contrary to the American Heart Association propaganda. And then there's a 2013 study uh, which asked middle-aged men to consume only omega-6 oils, those are plant oils, they compared this group to a group with no diet regulations. The group consuming omega-6 plant oils had a higher mortality rate from heart disease and higher mortality rate overall. The study was not covered at all in the press. Trans fats are largely gone, but liquid vegetable oils, possibly more dangerous, have taken their place. Cold-pressed unprocessed plant oils are not bad for you. They are good for you, but they are very delicate, cannot be subjected to heat, and go bad quickly. Things like uh, flax oil, good for you, but very delicate. Do not cook with it. Uh, So cold-pressed, unprocessed plant oils are almost never used, and that's why. If you see canola oil, safflower oil, corn oil on the label, It is a highly processed, bleached, chemically altered oil version that is rife with free radicals that cause oxidized cholesterol in your blood that then cause heart disease. We now arrive at 2022 when people more than ever are being pushed to stop eating meat. And now that I'm Beyond Meat's chief taste consultant, there's never been a better time to go beyond. One of the top ingredients in Beyond Meat is surprise, surprise, canola oil. (laughs) 
Canola oil is a highly processed, chemically altered version of rapeseed oil. Its fully rancid flavor is stripped through a bleaching process before it reaches store shelves. It is laden with free radicals upon purchase. Fake meats made from processed bugs are also being promoted by celebrities and environmentalists. American Chemical Society reporting, quote, insects could be a healthier protein source because they contain more polyunsaturated fatty acids. So it turns out bugs contain the same delicate, fragile fats contained in plant oils, and when subjected to heat, they go rancid, sending damaging free radicals through the body. With a plan like this to switch to fake meats that are laden with free radicals, it's no wonder the CDC is confident the giant jump in heart disease last century will climb even higher this century with blood clots as a number one killer. Let me know your thoughts on all this in the comments. Like, subscribe, and share this with your meat-hating friends. We'll see you guys tomorrow.